Oscar Pistorius was an inspiration to many. Born without his lower legs, Oscar would later in life become the 10th athlete in history to compete at both the Paralympic Games and Olympic Games in the same year. Oscar was honored in Time Magazine's 100 list of most influential people, appeared on Jay Leno's Tonight Show, and had sponsorship deals worth $2 million. So how would it come to be that only months later, Oscar Pistorius would be on trial for murder, with that trial ultimately going to the Supreme Court? Find out today on the Controversial Figures podcast. Welcome to Controversial Figures, a podcast about intriguing figures in the media. My name is Tammy Hawkins. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Visit Controversial Figures on Patreon and donate anything that you can. I'll give you a shout out on a future show and send along occasional swag to regular donators. If you donate at higher tier levels, you will obtain access to additional content on a regular basis. Today, I'd like to give a shout out to Joseph Parker and Tiffany Kammermeyer. Thank you so much for the support. And with that, let's discuss our controversial figure for today. Oscar Pistorius was born in South Africa in 1986 of Italian and Afrikaner ancestry. But life would not have an easy start for young Oscar, as he was born with fibular hemimelia. Now, that is a congenital absence of the fibula, or the lower leg bone, in both legs. At 11 months old, both of Oscar's legs were amputated below his knees. However, Oscar Pistorius never let his differing abilities hold back his natural capability and drive for sports. In school, Oscar played rugby, water polo, and tennis. Oscar also took part in club Olympic-style wrestling. He suffered a serious rugby knee injury in June of 2003. It was during the rehabilitation for this injury when Oscar was introduced to running and discovered the new sport in which he would excel. Okay, so brief pause. For anyone who may not be familiar with the Oscar Pistorius story, you might be thinking, wait. I thought Oscar was missing a third of his legs. How's he doing these intensive sports, especially running? Well, the answer is through a combination of a lot of hard work athletically, along with really impressive, innovative prostheses trial and error. Ultimately, the use of the lower leg prosthetic equipment would lead to Oscar Pistorius being referred to in the media as the Blade Runner. And it would lead to controversy in the Olympics world. Oscar Pistorius's first racing blades were fitted by South African prosthetist Francois van der Watt. Van der Watt was unable to find suitable running blades readily for sale in Pretoria, South Africa, so he ordered a pair to be custom-made by a local engineer. Unfortunately, version 1.0 quickly broke, so van der Watt sent Pistorius to American prosthetist and Paralympic sprinter Brian Fraser to be fitted for blades by Icelandic company Asir. Pistorius would most successfully run with the J-shaped carbon fiber prosthetics, which were called the Flexfoot Cheetah. 
These were developed by biomedical engineer Van Phillips and again manufactured by Osser. Using these prosthetic devices, Pistorius ran in both non-disabled sprint events and in sprint events for below-knee amputees. He won a series of gold medals in these events. Pistorius had big ambitions, which included competing at the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing, China. However, Oscar Pistorius was not selected by the South African Olympic Committee at that time. As he obtained success, Oscar also obtained criticism. There were claims that his artificial limbs gave him an advantage over runners with natural ankles and feet. Yes, this was really a thing. Competitive sports are really competitive. In fact, on March 26th of 2007, the IAAF, or the International Amateur Athletic Federation, changed its competition rules to include a ban on the use of any technical device that incorporates springs, wheels, or any other element that provides a user with an advantage over another athlete not using such a device. The IAAF stated that the amendment was not specifically aimed at Oscar Pistorius, yet Oscar was the first one they targeted with further scrutiny. To analyze whether Oscar Pistorius was running with an unfair advantage, the IAAF monitored his track performances using high-definition cameras to film his competitive races in July of 2007. In November of 2007, Oscar Pistorius was invited to take part in a series of scientific tests at the German Sports University Cologne. After two days of tests, the reported findings claimed that Oscar's limbs used 25% less energy than runners with complete natural legs, running at the same speed. The doctor stated this led to less vertical motion combined with 30% less mechanical work for lifting the body. The doctor that performed the study was quoted as saying that Oscar Pistorius has considerable advantages over athletes without prosthetic limbs who were tested by us. It was more than just a few percentage points. I did not expect it to be so clear. Based on these findings, on January 14, 2008, the IAAF ruled Oscar's prostheses ineligible for use in competitions conducted under the IAAF rules including the 2008 Summer Olympics. Oscar Pistorius was quoted as calling the decision premature and highly subjective, and he pledged to continue fighting for his dream. Oscar then appealed against the decision to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, or CAS, in Switzerland and appeared before the tribunal at the end of April 2008. After a two-day hearing on May 16, 2008, CAS upheld Oscar Pistorius's appeal, and the IAAF counsel decision was revoked with immediate effect. The CAS panel unanimously determined that the previous examination tested Pistorius's biomechanics only at full speed when he was running in a straight line, unlike a real 400-meter race. The arbitrator felt the report did not consider the disadvantages suffered at the start and acceleration phases of the race— and that overall, there was no evidence that Oscar had any net advantage over non-disabled athletes. In response to the announcement, Oscar said, My focus throughout this appeal has been to ensure that disabled athletes be given the chance to compete and compete fairly with non-disabled athletes. 
I look forward to continuing my quest to qualify for the Olympics. Unfortunately, after many trials, while he would come very close, Pistorius did not qualify to compete in the 2008 Olympics. Oscar Pistorius, however, was gaining notoriety around the world as the Blade Runner. In May 2008, Pistorius made the Time 100. This is Times Magazine annual list of the world's most influential people, appearing third in the Heroes and Pioneers section. Oscar Pistorius did compete in the 2008 Summer Paralympics in Beijing in the 100, 200, and 400 meters races. On the 9th of September in the 100 meters race, Oscar set a Paralympic record with his impressive time of 11.16 seconds. Oscar then went on to win the gold from the United States' Jerome Singleton in the 100 meters in the Paralympics. Also in the 200-meter sprint, Oscar won gold in the event with a time of 21.67 seconds, setting another Paralympic record. And he completed a hat trick by winning gold in the 400 meters in a world record time of 47.49 seconds on the 16th of September, calling it, quote, a memory that will stay with me for the rest of my life. An incredibly inspirational story indeed. Oscar was a star on the rise. Oscar Pistorius had an autobiography, Dream Runner, which was published in Italian in 2008. An English version titled Blade Runner was released in 2009. In 2010, Pistorius appeared on the Italian version of Celebrity Survivor, and in January of 2012, Oscar appeared as a special guest on the Italian version of Dancing with the Stars. And soon, Oscar would receive the news he had been waiting on for many years. His dream was about to come true. On the 4th of July, 2012, the South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee announced that Pistorius had been included in the 2012 Olympic team for the 400-meter and the 4x400-meter relay races. Finally, Oscar Pistorius' dream of competing in the Olympics was true. Pistorius would be the 10th athlete to compete at both the Paralympic Games and the Olympic Games in the same year. At the 2012 Summer Olympics on the 4th of August, 2012, Oscar Pistorius became the first amputee runner to compete at an Olympic Games. In the 400-meter race, he took second place in the first heat of five runners, finishing with a time of 45.44 seconds, advancing to the semifinals. Oscar then ran in the second semifinal, where he finished eighth and last with a time of 46.54 seconds. While he did not win a gold medal, in an incredible honor, Oscar Pistorius was chosen to carry the South African flag for the closing ceremony in the 2012 Summer Olympics. Pistorius also carried the flag at the opening ceremony of the 2012 Summer Paralympics on the 29th of August in 2012, where he would go on to again win numerous gold medals. When asked by a journalist for his sporting motto, Pistorius once said, Quote, you're not disabled by the disabilities you have. You are able by the abilities you have. On October 9th, 2012, Pistorius appeared on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And as his fame hit its peak, Oscar Pistorius was honored in the Time 100 annual list of most influential people again in 2012. He had sponsorship deals worth $2 million a year and was even invited to occasional modeling jobs for advertising campaigns. 
His net worth was estimated to be $5 million. And soon, Oscar would find love. In November of 2012, Oscar would meet and fall in love with a beautiful woman who would soon move in with him. The young lady's name was Reva Steenkamp. Reva was a South African model and paralegal, originally from England. She modeled for FHM magazine and was the first face of Avon Cosmetics in South Africa. She also had parts in a variety of television and magazine advertisements and shows. Reva had beauty and intelligence, graduating with her Bachelor's of Laws degree and applying towards the bar in 2011. By all accounts, she and Oscar were quickly, deeply, and intensely in love. Such a happy story of a hardworking athlete on the rise. However, if you know anything about this podcast, it's usually around this point when things unfortunately start crashing down for our main controversial figure, and uh, this one is no exception. So buckle up. Here we go. Something completely unexpected would occur only a few months later that would change Oscar and Reva's lives forever. Oscar and Reva's relationship was known to be dynamic, as many relationships are. June Steenkamp, Reva's mother, has been quoted as describing Oscar Pistorius as moody, combustible, and possessive. You could say she wasn't a fan. Reva was deeply in love with Oscar, but even she felt like the dramatics were escalating to an unhealthy level, as can be exemplified by the following text Reva sent to Pistorius that would later be prescient when revealed in court. Quote, Scared of you sometimes, and how you snap at me, and of how you will react to me. End quote. In the early morning of the 14th of February, 2013, yes, Valentine's Day, Oscar Pistorius shot and killed his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp, at his home in Pretoria. Pistorius readily admitted that he shot his girlfriend four times, causing her death. However, he said it was all a tragic mistake, that he mistook her for a possible intruder hiding in the bathroom. Oscar said that he and Reva had had dinner around 7 p.m. before going to bed at 9 p.m. Then he said he woke in the early hours and spoke briefly to his girlfriend in bed, then got up to close the sliding door and curtains. Oscar said it was then that he heard the bathroom window sliding open and believed that an intruder or intruders had entered the bathroom through a window which was not fitted with burglar bars. Oscar said he grabbed his firearm and yelled to Reva, who he thought was still in bed, to call the police. Oscar could see the bathroom window was open and the toilet door was closed. He said he did not know whether the intruders were outside on a ladder or in the actual bathroom. He had his firearm in front of him and he heard a movement inside of the toilet and thought whoever was inside was coming out to attack him. Before I knew it, I had fired four shots at the door, he was quoted as saying. And that was his story and he was sticking to it. Pistorius's trial for murder began on the 3rd of March, 2014, in the Pretoria High Court. On May 20th, 2014, the trial proceedings were halted until June 30th to allow Pistorius to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. This was to establish whether he could be held criminally responsible for shooting Riva. On June 30th of 2014, the trial resumed after the evaluation said Pistorius could be held criminally responsible. Reflecting on Oscar Pistorius's story, the trial judge said it made no sense that Reva Steenkamp did not hear him scream, get out, 
or call the police as she had her mobile phone with her in the bathroom. The judge said she did not accept that Mr. Pistorius fired the gun by accident or before he knew what was happening. She said he had armed himself with a lethal weapon and clearly wanted to use it. The other question, she said, was why he fired not one, but four shots before he ran back to the room to try to find Riva. Oscar Pistorius said he went back to the bedroom and noticed that Riva was not there. He said that this was when he realized she could have been in the bathroom and and rushed back. Oscar said he screamed for help and went back to the bathroom where he found the door was locked. He returned to the bedroom, pulled on his prosthetic legs, and turned on the lights before bashing in the toilet door with a cricket bat. When the door panel broke, he found the key and unlocked the door and found Riva slumped on the floor with her head on the toilet bowl. He then carried her downstairs where he was met by neighbors. The defense closed its case on the 8th of July and closing arguments were heard on the 7th and 8th of August. On the 12th of September, Oscar Pistorius was found guilty of culpable homicide and one firearm-related charge of reckless endangerment related to discharging a firearm in a restaurant. Oscar was found not guilty of two other firearm-related charges relating to possession of illegal ammunition and firing a firearm through the sunroof of a car. On the 21st of October 2014, Oscar received a prison sentence of a maximum of five years for culpable homicide and a concurrent three-year suspended prison sentence for the separate reckless endangerment conviction. In June 2015, Pistorius was recommended for early release. The South African Commissioner of Correctional Services released the following statement to the press, quote, Under South African law, he is eligible for release under correctional supervision, having served a sixth of his sentence. After Pistorius served approximately one-sixth of his prison term, his release date to house arrest was announced for August 21, 2015. This release was based on good behavior and the fact that he was not considered a danger to the community. Unbelievable. Oscar Pistorius was expected to remain under house arrest and correctional supervision and was expected to perform community service as part of his continuing sentence. Regardless of his release from prison, Oscar could not return to any official athletic competition until the entire five years of his sentence was complete. Unexpectedly, on August 19th, Oscar's release was blocked by South Africa's justice minister. He felt the parole board's decision for early release was premature. Legal experts noted that the move was likely due to political pressure and had implications for other cases of pending early release. Oscar Pistorius ultimately was released from prison on October 19th, 2015, less than two years after he savagely killed Riva in cold blood. Public outrage was palpable in reflection of the light sentence and the early release for such a notorious case. On November 4, 2014, prosecutors applied to the sentencing judge for permission to appeal the culpable homicide verdict, stating that the five-year prison term was shockingly light and appropriate and would not have been imposed by any reasonable court. The judge ruled on December 10, 2014, that the prosecution could challenge the ruling of acquitting Oscar Pistorius of premeditated murder and convicting him of the lesser charge of culpable homicide. However, she ruled that the state could not appeal the length of the sentence. 
The case was set for appeal in front of a five-person panel at the Supreme Court of Appeal. The date for the appeal hearing was set for November 2015. The prosecutor's argument rested on the original judge's application of the legal principle of dolus eventualis. This legal concept considers whether an accused did actually foresee the outcome of his actions rather than whether he or she should have. The prosecutors argued that the judge made an error in concluding Pistorius had not foreseen that by firing four shots through the closed door of the toilet cubicle, he would kill or injure whoever was behind the door. The appeal was heard on November 3, 2015 in the Supreme Court of Appeal. The matter was heard before five Supreme Court judges. By a unanimous decision, the court overturned Oscar Pistorius's culpable homicide conviction and found him guilty of murder in the death of Riva Steenkamp. The panel of five judges agreed with the prosecutor's argument that Pistorius must have known that someone would die if he fired through the closed door into a small toilet cubicle. To quote the ruling, Although he may have been anxious, it is inconceivable that a rational person could have believed he was entitled to fire at this person with a heavy caliber firearm without taking even the most elementary precaution of firing a warning shot, which the accused said he elected not to fire as he thought the ricochet might harm him. According to the judgment, the person who Pistorius thought was in the cubicle had nothing to do with the results of his actions. The culpable homicide verdict was replaced with a murder conviction, and the case was referred back to the trial court for a sentencing hearing when it reconvened on April 18, 2016. On December 8th of 2015, it was announced Oscar Pistorius would continue to remain free on bail, but under house arrest pending his appeal to the court. On March 3rd, 2016, it was announced Pistorius had been denied his right to appeal. On July 6th, 2016, Oscar Pistorius was sentenced to six years imprisonment for murder rather than the original five years imprisonment for culpable homicide. It was anticipated that Pistorius would be eligible for release on parole after serving three years of his sentence in 2019. But the public and the court system were not done punishing Oscar Pistorius yet. On September 19, 2017, it was confirmed that the South African court would hear the state's arguments appealing to extend Pistorius' sentence in November of 2017. On the 24th of November 2017, a South African court increased Pistorius' jail sentence to 13 years and five months. Prosecutors had argued that the six-year term was too short. The SCA ruled his sentence to be increased to 15 years, less time already served. For those who are counting, we've now increased from five years to 15 years, less time served. On the 19th of December 2017, it was confirmed that Pistorius had filed papers with the Constitutional Court to appeal the newly increased sentence and have his previous six-year sentence reinstated. On April 9th, 2018, it was confirmed that the appeal was dismissed by the courts. Oscar Pistorius will not be eligible for parole until at least 2023. We often idolize the famous, be they actors, singers, or sports stars. It's disappointing when these figures reveal a darker side to themselves, especially when we've supported their inspirational rise. Alas, at the end of the day... They are mere fallible humans, aren't we all? Thank you 
for listening to this episode of Controversial Figures. Just a reminder, please like, subscribe, and leave a rating and comment for Controversial Figures in your favorite podcast app. And we have a Twitter page now, at Figures Podcast. So please follow us, give us recommendations of controversial figures you'd like to hear. This podcast is an independent podcast created by Tammy Hawkins. This is funded by those that donate. So please join Patreon and give what you can. Once I hit 50 Patreon subscribers, I'll send out swag to all donators and I'll give shout outs during the show to anyone that's donated along the way. Research references are available in the show notes as are musical references. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Be well. <laughs>